Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, and I'm joined today with the returning Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. I'm happy to be back. Good. We missed you, buddy. I missed the podcast. Yeah. I got a reminder on my phone for both Fridays that it was time to start the podcast, and I had a, a little tear came out. Yeah, and you know what? No, not one person said, especially, especially. Well, listeners are in store for a treat today because I have a few things to say. Have you been practicing? I have. Oh, wow. Especially hard. Well, (laughs) stay tuned for that. Uh, And I'm also joined with Misha Bokikio. Hello. Happy to be here again. So, guys, we're going to start out this week. uh, You know, the topic is going to be newsjacking, but we're going to start out by talking about the news. And one of the things that's been consuming the news is Pokemon Go. So, you guys playing? Absolutely. I'm level six. Level six? So did you pick a team? Not yet. I got to get to a gym and I can't even get to one virtually. Wow. You could jump in your car right now and go find a gym and pick a team. And the correct team is Team Mystic. Ooh. I'm team. only level three. So I'm looking forward to catching some more so I can be on your level, Pete. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're, we're going to shelf this conversation for right now, Pokemon Go. We'll come back to this in a second because there's probably half the listeners at least are like, what in the world are you talking about with these levels and teams and, and all this stuff? But we'll, we'll explain a little bit more about that when we talk about our main subject of newsjacking because everyone has been trying to newsjack Pokemon Go, including us. So with this podcast, I guess. That's double, we're double newsjacking because we do it with the blog. Is that newsjackception? I don't know. Newsjacking squared? I don't know. Hmm. I skipped that day and made up math. Yeah. It's like <laughs> fake internet points. All right. So what's in the news, Pete? So the first thing we have is that the 2016 J.D. Power Hotel Satisfaction study came out. And it said basically customers are more satisfied now than ever in their hotel, mar- hotel experiences. The one thing that that causes, though, is now guests expect more every time they go to a hotel. So things like free Wi-Fi, that used to be a perk. Now people just expect to have it there waiting for them. Uh, The other thing that that study shows, which is really important for all hoteliers, is that members of loyalty points programs are more satisfied than the general guest at your hotel. So getting a loyalty program and making your loyalty program unique, beneficial, and rewarding for your guests is a surefire way to get you know better guest experiences. Yeah, and loyalty is is one of those battlegrounds that I think the hotels are really waging a war on because it's one of their unique value propositions against the OTAs. You know, the OTAs do have their own kind of rewards. You can stay a certain number of nights, and they'll they'll you know give you free nights and stuff, but. The actual property can do more than that. Not only can they give free nights, but they can surprise and delight the, the guest with immediate rewards. And that is where people are really, really getting excited. When you get stuff you didn't expect on property, whether that's mm-hmm. a late checkout or whether that's a free drink in the bar or something that they can consume immediately. They're not something that they have to stay 10 times to get one free night in the mm-hmm. off season you know, on a Wednesday. So... I think uh, we're going to see this become a more important topic in the next year or so as hotels, independents especially, that haven't really gone into the loyalty side, realize that you don't have to have a chain of hotels because you can give people value immediately and, like I said, surprise and delight them. Yeah. Also, when you look at the fact that the OTAs, 
TripAdvisor and everybody else is starting it into the non-hotel market with events, dining, and whatnot, it makes it more important than ever that the hotels make themselves unique and give something that they could never get from an OTA. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a, there's a for me a, a trend that I don't necessarily agree with, but it seems like every major brand to try to offer unique things is just creating new franchises. Like they're creating new sub brands within their brand, and there's so many now. I mean, if you look at that JD Power uh, survey, so many brands that I hadn't even heard of didn't exist a year ago were showing up. On it's this confusing. Thing, you know? Like for me, if I'm staying with. <clears throat> you know, some random boutique brand, but then you find out they're affiliated with Hilton. Like, it's confusing. Yeah, because I, I, you know, I I really feel like these CEOs of the big brands uh, think that millennials are some magical creature. Maybe they're Pokemon that they're trying to catch because they think that they want things that normal human beings don't want. But if you actually talk to millennials, which you're one of... Millennial here. You want the same things other people do. You want a comfortable bed. You want a comfortable workspace. You want good, free, or cheap Wi-Fi. You want a good coffee experience. These these are not unique to millennials. They're just what people today want. You know, business professionals you in know, general. On that topic, it's really interesting because I was listening to the Skiff podcast this week, which is another great travel marketing podcast, and they were talking about all these hotels that have so many brands and how confusing it is. And the guy, his daughter, stayed at some random boutique hotel brand. She happened to be on a business trip. And it was supposed to be this brand that was targeted for millennials. It was super high tech and whatever. And her feedback was, you know, I was kind of underwhelmed. Like there wasn't a a personalized touch to it. It was all, you know, there wasn't a concierge. You checked in on a computer or whatever. And he pointed out, whoa, this is supposed to be what millennials want. And she said, you know, I'm a millennial and I'm tired of being told what I should Mm -hmm. want. Yeah. Treat millennials like people. They're regular people. They're not some magical creature. Like yeah, like give, just give me a nice bed, like a, a friendly experience. Like I just want to have a good experience, and that's like I'm right. not hard to please. Great customer service, you know, high touch. Like give people what they want, and and the people can be happy. You don't need to name it something different just because you think you're going to appeal to a different demographic. You you're going to set you you know splinter yourself into so many places that not all the brands can can get the exposure they need. You know if if you pull in a little bit and have fewer brands and do a good job, you're going to appeal to everyone. You don't have to just have this one segment of yeah. the population. I don't know. But. It, it also dilutes the value of <clears throat> the overarching flag brand. You know, if you're staying at a hotel that you didn't even know was mm-hmm. a member of Marriott or Hilton or whomever, is that hotel getting much value out of yeah. Of that name. I, I mean, know. it's confusing to me. We're in the industry, and I cannot keep track of what all brands are under each of these major yeah. companies. It's crazy. Choice does a pretty good job because theirs all have very similar logos. You kind of understand who they are a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's some, especially that get to the boutique hotel side, that you have no idea. I'm pretty sure you just said especially. <laughs> ah, are we going to keep a counter? Yeah, that's one. It's a podcast drinking game. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> That's like the best idea we've had. Yeah, save more, Pete, so I can drink more. Right. It's especially important to have a drink right now. <laughs> All right, what else is in the news this week? Misha, do you have one? I sure do. So, speaking of Skift, I found an article on their site that really discussed how um, Airbnb is looking to dabble with the corporate and business travel sector. And it's on their website. We'll put a link for it. But really, it talked about how this week um, their advance into the travel sector has gotten stronger. 
um, as they've partnered with American Express, Global Business Travel, BCD Travel, a couple of really big, strong brands within the travel space. And they're going to integrate Airbnb for business into their platform and allow employees and travel managers to book their stay through Airbnb. And one of the things that they point out is that Airbnb says they're not trying to be a direct competitor to hotels. They say that, you know, hotels are a really great option for people who are in the one to three day range of staying. But if people are staying in town for a little bit longer, they said that the average length of stay for this platform with Airbnb is about six days. So if people are staying in town for longer, you know, their needs are going to be different than a set of travelers who's only in town for a night or two. So the article points out, you know, kind of some of their thought process behind launching this and, you know, pushing this out through through that channel. But, you know, I think it's a really interesting move for them. I'm, I'm curious to see if this pans out and if they do end up becoming a big competitor to the business travel hotels. Yeah, I, there's so many questions when it comes to Airbnb. And, and it's something that a lot of the big brands especially kind of dismissed when it first started because, the, you know, it was a different price point. It was a different experience. But... As we've talked about in many of these podcasts, it's it, what it is, what Airbnb is, has evolved so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have become a viable distribution channel. And, and mm-hmm. I think whether they partner with hotels and offer their inventory and become a pseudo OTA or whether, you know, we see more and more people becoming uh, Airbnb professionals where they, they just buy up properties just to to rent out on Airbnb. I I don't know. When I think of Airbnb too, I think of, you know, a condo or a house or something. And it's such a different experience because you Mm -hmm. could be sharing a house with someone. You could want your own condo. And there might be some business travelers where that's what they want. They want their own space. They want a kitchen. They want a room that they can, you know, like a living room to sit down and watch TV. But then there's other people that if they're at a conference the whole time and they're not going to be in the room anyway, they're not going to have time to cook, you know? So I think it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see if this is something that really picks up and becomes popular or if it's, there's just not a need for it. Yeah, I've always seen Airbnb as kind of a in-between between a hotel and then something like VRBO where you're renting out an entire house. You have a ton of space. It's kind of that niche in between, in between those two. Yeah, so. but it changes. you know. And I, I would not be surprised if we're sitting here in a year's time and talking about Airbnb more as an OTA than anything mm-hmm. else because... I think at some point they're going to have to embrace the hotel industry and work together. And if hotels start pushing their regular hotel inventory on Airbnb, I think that's probably a win-win for the industry. All right, so let's jump into our main topic, which is newsjacking. And the reason this came up is Pokemon Go, like we talked about earlier, is the latest craze. It's, it's a mobile app for Android and iOS that has just... I've never in my life seen a phenomenon take off quite so quickly. You know, it, it's you can walk anywhere right now and see people trying to play this game. Like I see kids walking around my neighborhood that I didn't even know lived in my neighborhood because now they're walking around. They probably don't live in your neighborhood. They probably don't. <laughs> but they're getting exercise, which is a, a good thing. And we're all playing it. I, you know, I'm a huge Nintendo fanboy. I grew up with it, with the Game Boy games. We had all the little cartridges and, you know. Exactly. So... I mean, they've tapped into a lot of things with this this game. I mean, one, you know, it, it is a nostalgia mm-hmm. in, in a love for a brand in terms of Pokemon and Nintendo. But also, you know, it's collecting, it's discovery, it's sharing. It's a lot of things that people at, at a very rudimentary limit level really enjoy, right? So I, I, I get why it's so popular. Whether it lasts or not, I think you could debate. I personally think... You know, it, it's getting a lot of hype right now, but it's not something that's going to disappear overnight. 
But regardless, the, the angle we want to talk about it from is, is newsjacking, right? So there's a lot of people have been writing a lot of content about Pokemon Go that's not really directly about Pokemon Go. It's more about their brand or their product. We did it ourselves by writing a blog on our website, which was basically seven ways that hotels can leverage Pokemon Go to help drive more guests, right? So we'll put that link in the show notes. There's a lot of cool tactical things you can do there, and that, that goes into more depth about what the game is, how it works, all that good stuff. So if you're confused about this crazy phenomenon that's everywhere in the media, go check out that. Uh, like I said, it's going to be in the pod, podcast notes. But So let's talk about newsjacking and, and the phenomenon that's happened this week because of this crazy <laughs> Pokemon Go game. So what is newsjacking? So anyway, newsjacking is basically the act of taking any news item that's taking place outside your sphere, injecting yourself into it, and trying to capitalize on the social equity of that event. So if it's the lights going out at the Super Bowl, jumping on that, or if it's a big event, if it's Pokemon Go, trying to inject your brand into that big happening to drive awareness. Right. So what, So why would someone do that? What, what are the, some of the benefits of, of wanting to newsjack? Well, there's a lot of benefits from a marketing perspective. So looking at your website, you know, if you can gain some traction, that could be a potentially a high amount of inbound links that are pointing to your website. Local and regional media coverage is always beneficial. Increased website traffic in general and just having that exposure and that awareness. And then through those things, you're going to have an increased SEO ranking temporarily or long-term depending on, you know, what type of traction you get. And then also increased social engagement. You know, if you're publishing this stuff on your social channels, people are sharing it and engaging with it. You know, that's going to create a ripple effect for all of your marketing. Right. So you can take some of the conversation that's already occurring and angle it towards your brand or your product, right? In, In this case, your hotel. And ultimately, the more awareness you get for your hotel, the more traffic you get and the more search engine exposure, the more social engagement, that can ultimately lead to more email address signups, to more uh, reservations and more revenue, right? So that that's really why you would want to do it. And the key is to make sure, one, you do it very quickly because at the beginning of a big news item, in this case Pokemon, if you jump on it quick, everybody's clamoring for that search position. Everybody's clamoring for news about Pokemon. If you wait two or three weeks to jump on that, then you've missed already it. missed the boat. There's already people out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing you want to do is make sure when you do your newsjacking event or whatever it might be, that it's relevant because you're having people who are probably coming to your site or your location for the very first time. If the brand you portray in your newsjacking event does not match who you really are, you're going to lose mm-hmm. those people long term. And relevant and appropriate. You know, I think we'll talk about some maybe not so great examples, but, you know, really, you know, obviously timeliness is important, but taking the few seconds it takes to evaluate, is this a good idea? Important few seconds. And go ask someone who's not in your company and not all excited about the idea because sometimes that really helps. Yeah, that's a good litmus test for sure. So timing is critical, right? So every news event or or thing that happens that gives people's attention tends to have this life cycle that we see, right? Which is it initially the news breaks uh, and then the reporters, the journalists are going to try to get some angle on it. They're going to look for stories and that's when it really blows up to mainstream. It, it hits a fever pitch because you've got mass awareness and then it starts to, to die down, right? A lot of people try to newsjack once it's hit its peak at, at that, that point. 
but you'd lose a lot of the potential there. The time to newsjack is before the journalists have really broken it, mm -hmm. right? If you can newsjack when they're looking for stories and get the journalists in your local area or regional area to write about you in their story, that's when you maximize your exposure. So it, it really is a real-time event. And we'll talk about some, like the Super Bowl blackout, where people were literally within <laughs> seconds reacting to a major event, and that's where it really paid off for them. So we talked about kind of uh, when to do it. What about like the types of things? What are the types of topics that make good newsjack opportunities? I would focus on anything that is fun, feel good, inspirational, or items that take place that don't necessarily hurt people. Uh, that's the biggest thing. So things like you know sporting events, celebrities, TV shows. Uh, Neopolitics, if you play your cards right, you have to be careful on that one. And then feel-good holidays. You know, target those things. The big news items, I mean, Pokemon is really what we're here to talk about. That's a great example. Everybody's loving it, having fun. There's obviously news items of people, you know, driving their car off cliffs while they're playing Pokemon. So you do want to be a little bit careful how you, you know, phrase your, your item. But going after things that make people feel good, and that will then make them feel good about your brand. Yeah, or bring a little bit of levity to something that maybe is is a little bit serious, but isn't really harmful to someone, right? And, and a good example of that might be, again, another Super Bowl example, but the wardrobe malfunction. Right? I felt like that was really before newsjacking was that popular, mm -hmm. but did that happen today? You better believe there'd be a lot more oh, people yeah. trying to newsjack mm -hmm. it, you know, whether it would be a clothing store saying, we got you covered, or you know something like funny and quick mm -hmm. and quippy because it didn't really hurt anyone. Did it offend some people? Yeah, but it, it was still, you could add levity to that without really mm -hmm. doing too much damage. What, what, what about on the flip side? So what are some things that, and people don't always abide by these, they probably should in hindsight, but what are some things that perhaps you should stay away from when you're trying to newsjack? So I think there's a general rule of thumb for just general conversation. So those two topics that you typically just don't talk about openly with general people are religion and politics in some cases. You know, that's just stay away from controversial topics like that. Um, high profile criminal activity or criminal cases, um, you know, controversial subjects like, for example, the bathroom laws, North Carolina, just anything that's controversial or is just in a negative light, you just probably don't want to touch it. And there are obviously some exceptions to that, right? Because with, I, I agree with all of those as a general rule, but say politics, I remember, and we'll probably talk about one or two of these, but there have been times when both sides of the, the political um, fight, you know, left and right wing in the US, have been at an impasse and they're both being ridiculous. Mm -hmm. in, in making fun of that, I mm -hmm. think, can, can be good as long as you're not picking a side, right? Unless you want to align your brand with a side, which which can help. If you're selling guns and you want to align yourself with the right, probably that isn't going to hurt your brand too much. But if you're a hotel and you're going to pick a side, well, guess what? You just alienated 50% of your potential guests. Um, but, you know, I, I think you need to be really careful. Yeah, I think you just need to use your best judgment. Yeah, and, and that also goes to any type of holiday or event. Uh, SpaghettiOs did a really horrible job when they sent out a tweet with a little SpaghettiO guy with a flag saying, what are you doing today to celebrate the anniversary of Pearl Harbor? 
It's like, really? That's a horrible thing to do. Yeah, I know you yeah. probably planned on this, but yeah. you know, there's there's no good for yeah. that. Any that's kind not of tragedy, any anything where people died or suffered, <clears throat> that that is not fair game for newsjacking. That I just you just need to be really cautious. And we'll talk about some specifics in a second. So, yeah. So say someone does want to newsjack, mm-hmm. okay? Like, what, what? how do they need to get their mentality straight? What are some things they can do to prepare to make sure they're ready when something happens? Well, I think the first step is to, you know, really just be prepared. So monitor the news, you know. That doesn't mean you have to sit, you know, glued to your screen. But if you have notifications on your phone or, you know, when you're getting on social media and looking at your feeds, like, pay attention to what's going on and then always have that mindset of, you know, let's be ready to act on something. Like, let's have a team and a plan ready so when that news does happen, we're ready to go. Right, so twi- Twitter, what's trending on Twitter okay. is a good one, right? Pay attention to that multiple times a day. Because Twitter, more than any other medium, is going to show things in real time. You know, search search has gotten a lot better. Like, Google has gotten better. But you set up, like a like you said, a text message alert, alert on CNN. But a lot of times, a lot of that stuff will be on Twitter before it's on oh, CNN. Oh, yeah, I go to Twitter for all my news. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the first thing um, I think the first place I think to go of when I hear something happens, I don't think to open up my news app, which should be intuitive. I go to Twitter. Right. Because you see it unfold real time. There's a delay between, because journalists have to fact check and, mm-hmm. and, and source and, you know, compile a, a narrative. Whereas Twitter is, is, you know, especially if something major is going on right now, that mm-hmm. that's where you tend to see the real story happen unfiltered as well. So, so say you've identified an event, something's going on, some news item, What's the next step? You mentioned kind of research earlier, making sure you know what what it is. And yeah, I think you really need to do your keyword research. So this doesn't have to be an extensive process, but know the terminology and know you know who you're speaking to about this. You know, if if you know there's this great new app that game people are playing, like know the name of it, know how to spell it, you know, know how to use that properly in context. It's going to be key for when people are searching for this. Yeah, because in all those cases, people are looking for you to be genuine. And if you come out in the case of Pokemon, if you come out, you spell it wrong or you use a hashtag that no one else is using, that's immediately going to put a red flag up to your potential guests or hotel or potential fans that you don't know what you're talking about. You're just trying to ride the coattails of something. Right. And so part of that is the nomenclature and the spelling and making sure you don't sound dumb. But the other part is understanding the context, actually knowing what it's about, right? And a, and a great example of where that went horribly wrong was DiGiorno Pizza, right? So, <laughs> and I, I forget how long ago this was, but basically there was a hashtag that was um, why I stayed, hashtag why I stayed. So someone at the marketing department of DiGiorno saw this hashtag and tried to relate it to pizza immediately. So their, their tweet was hashtag why I stayed because there was pizza. Well, little did they know that this hashtag was intended for people that had survived domestic abuse. And they were talking about serious, real concerns about domestic violence. And so the genre has no business in that conversation. Mm-hmm. They certainly don't need it to be in that conversation if they're not offering empathy or sympathy or support. Just to try to sell pizzas is just, I mean, it's offensive to so many people. And the backlash they got from that, and there's probably thousands of people to this day that won't buy DiGiorno pizza because of that one misstep. And, and to be fair to DiGiorno, they did a good job of damage limitation. They quickly removed it, 
they literally, every single person that made a negative comment about it, they made a personal apology and they weren't just copy pasting the apologies. They were handwriting unique apologies to every person saying, guys, we, we made a mistake. We didn't look at what this hashtag was about. We're sorry. Obviously, we, we had no business being involved in this conversation. So I think they did the right thing after the mistake was made, but that mistake was so avoidable. Oh, yeah. yeah and it, because social media does move fast, <clears throat> you see a hashtag trending, you want to jump on it quickly. It only takes one or two seconds to look at some of the tweets that are associated mm -hmm. with that and say, is this something I really want to align my brand with? You need to train your staff because if it's something that happens <clears throat> at 10 o'clock at night, it may not be you you know, starting this promotion. You want your PR team and your social team knowing, okay, I'm going to just wait and I'm going to do this tomorrow because this is a lib on the gray area and we need to talk about it as a team. There's nothing wrong with that. It's better to do that and come out late than go out and beat DiGiorno's Pizza. Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't pass the smell <clears throat> test, if it doesn't feel right in your gut, don't do it. You know, I, you got, there, there is an obvious uh, reward that you can get from doing a, a well-thought-out, clever newsjacking, but there's so much damage you can do if, if it's bad, you know? And, and we'll probably... The, the bad ones get more press than the, the good ones in a lot of cases. Ario is probably being the exception to that. <laughs> All right, so you've done your research, you've got the event, you know what kind of what the, the event is about, what's next? Well, at this point, you have to really determine your angle. So come up with something that is novel or unique that ties your hotel to the news item or event. And it has to be something that's newsworthy, something that's clever, something that really sticks. So, you know, when you're thinking about Pokemon Go, I mean, our angle as a hotel agency was how your hotel can benefit from this, you know, and we give several examples. But from a hotel, you know, jumping on the Pokemon Go bandwagon, you know, host some meetups, you know, um, just do put some lures in your hotel, you know, think about creative ways that your hotel can be relevant to whatever's happening and then promote it, you know. Yeah, and make it make sense. Don't don't force yourself into a conversation where you don't belong. It, it has to be, you know, not necessarily exactly relevant to your industry, but you have to make your angle relevant to both the subject mm -hmm. and, and yours. So like you said, with that Pokemon um, article, it made sense because we were helping hotels leverage this phenomena in a way that drove heads in beds, which is what we're about. That's why we exist is to put heads in beds and drive direct bookings, right? So making it about that made sense but if, if we wrote an article that was just like how to play pokemon go it might have got some attention and some traffic but it doesn't help us doesn't help our brand doesn't help drive our type of target audience so really think it through in terms of the angle mm -hmm. for sure and then you know next up i would say and we've already talked about being fast but do it right you know, don't rush it. Don't do it half fast because if, if you do get attention, then that's going to magnify whatever you missed, whatever mistakes you made. So timing is critical, but making sure it's good enough before you put it out. Yeah. That's especially true. Especially true. Especially true. Oh. Everybody drink. take a drink. Uh, especially true when you're tying your brand to that hashtag or event. That's something that's going to be around forever. You know, so you do want to make sure that you're not just one jumping on something so early that the hashtag goes south on you and doesn't work out too well. Or 
like you said before, make sure you know your stuff. Uh, in one case, kind of a, a little bit of a fail, uh, Delta tweeted out that congratulations because the U.S. had just won a game in World Cup in Ghana, and they had pictures of giraffe. Well, they don't live in Ghana. You know, so it was one of the things where they, they're doing, they're being quick. They were trying to jump on it fast, but they didn't do their fact checking and then they came across this. I think you know, that's if, so you, key. if you fly there, you know. Yeah. Like ideas are great, but execution is, in a lot of cases, more important than just the idea. Like you have to nail it. If you're going to swing the hammer, you have to nail it. Yeah. Okay, so you've got the content, you've published it, you put it, say, on Twitter, you put a blog post on your website or whatever you've done, what's next? So next is you want to just keep spreading the word. If you have taken the initiative, you've jumped on a news story quickly, it's not enough to, oh, look, I you know, posted to Facebook or I tweeted something happening. You have to stay on it. Mm-hmm. Blog post, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever it is, you want to stay on it and you want to lead your market on that news item. Right, and, and it can go beyond just social media, right? So one of the things we've done at Fuel a few times is if there's some major technology debate going on, whether that's the, you know internet censorship or something like that, we'll often put out a press release that, that illustrates our position on that, like net neutrality, we did this, right? And when you put out a press release, you're going to get different eyeballs than if you put something on social media. Because, again, when you're newsjacking, your goal isn't to get always awareness from your consumer a lot of times you want to get awareness from journalists and the best way to do that is through a press release right so if you for example are a hotel now that is is doing some of the things on our pokemon blog and trying to become pokemon friendly put out a press release and it sounds ridiculous but put out a press release to your local and regional media saying that your property is now pokemon friendly and here are all the things that you're doing that make you Pokemon friendly. Again, this is itemized out in, in the blog post, which is in the show notes. But if you do that, I guarantee that some of the one local newspaper or local TV station or someone is gonna wanna write something about that because it, it is out there, it's different and it's crazy. But guess what? You just got maybe TV time, maybe a newspaper article. You probably got links to your websites from news organizations, which is some of the most authoritative websites out there. So guess what? That just boosted your SEO ranking, not just for Pokemon keywords, but for every keyword that you rank for. Now you're going to get more traffic and more bookings. So putting out a ridiculous press release saying you're Pokemon friendly could actually lead to more hotel rooms sold. And Stuart, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast where in the life cycle of a news story, you know, it starts off where <clears throat> the news item happens. It gets to the point where reporters are clamoring for information. If that information is not out there, it gives you the opportunity to be one of the only voices, either in your local community, or region, or nation, about what's happening. So moving quick, getting that information out there. Like you said, if it's a press release that's you know something relatively small, if you get it out there, if that's the only information around, you'll get the great links. Exactly. So now you've got, you've got the idea, you've got it published, you've got it out there, people are talking about it, you're getting traffic, great. But there's one final piece that you've got to make sure you nail. And this is perhaps the most important of all. So the final step to this whole process is don't forget your call to action. So whatever you know, your news jacking is, you re- branding is great, you, know, you want all eyeballs on you, 
but that's great. You have all, all eyeballs on you. What do you want them to do? So that might be a gentle nudge, you know, be sure to follow us on Facebook for more or, you know, be sure to join our email list for more specials or depending on how aggressive you want to be, if, you know, you want to push a specific special or, you know, it'll be unique to whatever situation. But I think there's, you know, you have to have that call to action. You know, what do you want people to do? You have all this attention and that's fantastic, but what's the next step? Exactly. And it's different. If you're someone like Oreos, you, just awareness is good because people are going to go to the grocery store. They're going to see it. They're going to be more likely to buy it. But you're a hotel, right? Your job is to put heads in beds. And, and you're always, always dealing with a funnel. And that funnel is getting awareness down all the way to conversions. And there's a, a thousand steps between those two points, right? So anytime you can move a bunch of people further down the funnel, you're winning. So that, like Misha said, that could be getting them to sign up for an email or following you on social media or downloading something that you published or uh, you know, printing out a special coupon or something like that. Or even coming, you know, coming to an event at your property. Something tangible that you can say that person wouldn't have done this action had they not been exposed to this stuff. Speaking of Pokemon, mm -hmm. if you're a hotel and you're promoting Pokemon, have people come to the front desk and they can get free Wi-Fi if they mention Pokemon. You know, something like that where you know there's a problem. That game consumes a ton of data. Mm -hmm. And if you can give them free Wi-Fi, you're going to see immediately people coming to your hotel. One, you have free Wi-Fi, which is, you know, a great benefit. But also it does let you know that your, your marketing tools are working. Yeah, especially if you've got on-property food and beverage, right? If you've got bars and restaurants on property that the get, you know, guests can enjoy but also non-guests can enjoy, mm -hmm. then you, there's even more incentive for you to get people to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Pokemon-friendly establishment and you've got a, a, a bar and people come to the bar because you have, you know, a Pokestop or a gym or you're just friendly to Pokemon, encourage it, and maybe have events and specials surrounding it, then do it. You know, that's, that's getting people that are actually spending money with you, which is ultimately the goal. Hopefully yeah. they're spending it, staying, staying at the hotel, but if, if you have restaurants and bars, spending it there is, is good too. And, and even to go behind, behind or beyond that in terms of Pokemon, they are going to be coming up with, it's not released yet, but they are going to have the ability for companies to have sponsored stops which is going to be a great benefit for hotels, especially ones with F&B, to where you, know, you have a, a Pokestop, a gym, or whatever it might be mm -hmm. you know, in your restaurant or bar. Yeah, so th those kind of ideas uh, related to Pokemon Go, including some others that we haven't touched on, again, come go to, you can go to our blog at fueltravel.com slash blog and click on the Pokemon article, or go to our podcast, uh, fueltravel.com slash podcast, and click on episode 14, and you'll see those show notes, uh, or it's in iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts too. But go check that out, because there's a lot of cool just ideas and things you can try to become more Pokemon friendly. Uh, so let's talk about, we talked about kind of the do's and the don'ts of, of, uh, um, of newsjacking, how you should do it, the approach you should take. Let's talk about some that have worked and some that have failed miserably. So first off, probably the most famous newsjacking of all time was Oreos at the 2013 Super Bowl when the lights went out and they tweeted out, you can still dunk in the dark and had a picture of an Oreo. Right? That, that just... I mean, to me, that, that, that's pretty cute and pretty clever, but the way the media took that story and ran with it, because it was a moment when the, certainly U.S., the whole country had stopped, right? Because the Super Bowl is, 
the Super Bowl of events, right? Mm-hmm. You even use that as a, as a word for something that's big. It's the Super Bowl. So everyone watches that. The lights went out. That's a big deal. It was blowing up all over Twitter. And Ario made it about them. Genius, right? And, and not only did it, it work right then and did they get a lot of media attention, they're still getting media attention mm-hmm. because it's the poster child of newsjacking. We're even, we're still, we're talking about it now, like three years later, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and look at why they did that. One, they tied it in perfectly to their brand. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you can still dunk in the dark. They picked an item or t- uh, a news area that wasn't a, everyone knew about it. It was ubiquitous. And it didn't hurt anybody. It was just a little snafu with an electrical system. Mm-hmm. So there was no one hurt by it. It was something everybody remembers, and they jumped on it, made it positive, and then the media kind of took it from there. Like, I remember, like, we were all probably watching the Super Bowl that day, and it was almost like the lights went out, and everybody was, like, holding their breath, like, wait, like, is the game still playing? Like, what are we doing? And it was almost just like everybody could breathe again when it was like, somebody mm-hmm. made a joke about this. Like, yeah. somebody broke the silence and, like, made something out of this. So I think, I mean, their execution was fantastic. I think whoever thought of this, it was a great idea. Oh, they added a lot of value to the situation. Yeah. And the cool thing was you saw other brands that, that you know, rather than sitting there and trying to copy it, they got in on it and, and they congratulated Oreos. They were like, well played. And, like, they made it about themselves in turn, which I thought was pretty neat. And, you know, it, it was pretty cool. So another time that I think went well, and this is another Twitter one. So one of the, the one of the best things to try to newsjack is always award ceremonies, right? So Oscars, Grammys, things like that. That people not only are paying attention to the event as it goes on on TV, but social media is buzzing every time there's a major. I am one ceremony. of those obnoxious people that live tweets award shows, and I've apologized <laughs> to people about it. I I don't care. I love it, and all my friends do it. It's just a thing. But you follow the hashtag while oh, yeah. you're watching it, right, oh, yeah. and see what other people are saying, right? So, what year was this with the Pharrell Williams thing? You remember? It was maybe last year. It was either fourteen or fifteen. But um, Pharrell Williams was on the Grammys, and he was wearing this kicking hat in Arby's. Well, a lot of people, to be fair, were making fun of the hat. Oh yeah, before it was Arby's a joke the whole ball, night. Right. So, what what was the Arby's tweet? What did they say? They said, "Hey, Pharrell, can we have our hat back?" Which was genius, because if you look at, and I've never really thought about the Arby's logo. <laughs> But now I will never be able to unsee the Arby's logo in my head because I picture Pharrell Williams' hat from that event, right? Because it really does look like the hat he was wearing is the one from from their logo, which was great. And so people just, I mean, not only is that hilarious, right? But it was very true as well. And then Pharrell Williams even got in on the act because he tweeted back to them, are you guys trying to start a roast beef? So he's got his own little pun, back at Arby's with the roast beef. And then other people like Hyundai and some some other big brands were like, again, well played. So it got so much media attention. But why I really liked this one was it went beyond just the tweet, right? Because a little bit after the event, he put the hat up for auction on eBay because it was now probably the most famous hat in the world at that time. And guess who bought the hat? Arby's bought the hat for $44,000, which then got a bunch more press, right? Because this was a story that was now dying down, just picked up the fever pitch. Now people that hadn't even run the original story were running the original story. So 
there's probably the best $44,000 in marketing that Arby's has ever spent when you look at all the all the media exposure and the earned media that they got from that. That was a very clever one. I mean, and I think all newsjacking is clever, but I, I did enjoy that Successful newsjacking. Successful. <laughs> yeah. So, so what else? What are some other ones we want to talk about, good or bad? What, what about creating a story? Like Hilton, with their Blue Monday one. Yeah, so Hilton... You know, this was a, probably the best example that we could find of a successful newsjacking in the travel space. So what they did is their urgent vacation care center team built a pop-up Hilton resort on the banks of River Thames. This Thames, was in, come on. The, the, the River, River Thames. 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 Where is this river? Of, it's in London. Okay. It runs through London. I missed that in the my American Thames. geography class. Um, but this was back in 2013. And the reason of this that they did this was to cure vacation itis, and um, you know give the British people a little bit of encouragement to take some more vacation days. So it was kind of a feel-good little pop-up thing that they did, and I mean it was successful. It definitely generated more awareness from them, and generated awareness for the fact that people don't take enough vacation days and put themselves right in that space. Yeah, and it, you know you could consider this more guerrilla marketing tactics than newsjacking, but why why we kind of included that in this was. It was, it was on Blue Monday, which is supposedly the most miserable day of the year, but it was also in the midst of a lot of media attention about the phenomena of people, especially in Europe, but also worldwide, that were not taking all their vacation days. So they took something that the media was already paying attention to. It wasn't necessarily an event. It was just something that was very popular at the time and they injected themselves into it and they did a really good job and got a lot of cool positive press and they did a good job about you know not just having that pop-up event but really making an entire campaign out of this so what they did was they posted a link on their social media page that went to um, the hilton website vacation diagnostic test and prescription center which was kind of a clever spin on the you know vacationitis and you know through there it would they would take a little quiz or whatever and they would get a special deal or promotion but so it wasn't just the pop-up which was a good event you know brought a lot of people out to it but there were other elements to it as well that really made it an entire campaign yeah it was neat i liked it and just the 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 juxtaposition of pete it was snowing that day right so the fact that it was in cold freezing cold london with snow on the ground and they had this beach that they'd created with people in swimsuits Hanging out, it, it was just on the Thames it, River. On the Thames, <laughs> the Thames. You've obviously never seen the the soap opera EastEnders. I missed that one. Yeah, you know I'm a big soap opera fan. Yeah, it's it's so good. Hey, um, do you guys want to talk about one from your side of the pond that didn't work out so well? Sure, go for it. It's uh, it's called Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> so you can create a lot of news. Yeah. Uh, and in the earlier example we just shared, they did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. But you have to be careful when you give uh, an online poll or turn it over to your fans to to name your next boat. I don't think that was a bad one, though. I mean, if they named it Bodie right? McBoatface, it would have been great. But they didn't name the boat Bodie McBoatface. What did they end up naming it? I don't know. They they had a release that they decided not to call we're not going to oh. I'll be honest I think they got positive spin. although although it kind of backfired because they were saying whatever got the most votes they would use um, and, and it came up with a bizarre name which I love but you know I think they got a lot of press they wouldn't have gotten anyway oh yeah, oh, yeah. so it, you know maybe that one wasn't so so bad but here are a couple that are pretty bad and people not, you know <laughs> we already talked about DiGiorno but anytime there's some kind of natural or you know human created disaster just don't 
don't even think about it. If, if you even try to think of something funny, just don't do it, right? Because it can go terribly wrong. And and there's lots of big brands that have made this mistake. And, and I, I understand that a lot of times a big brand has you know, a college grad that's managing their Twitter profile. I get that, right? But you've got to train them with common sense. And hopefully they have enough common sense to stay away from things like Hurricane Sandy when that came through. I mean, it devastated the coast of the U.S. And then you have people like Sears that are putting out their tweets about, you know, if you need a new generator or new clothes or new whatever because you your stuff was destroyed, then come to Sears. Yeah, or Gap saying, I guess I'll be shopping on Gap.com today. Because all my clothes have been destroyed <laughs> by Hurricane Sandy. It's like, what are you guys thinking? I mean, these people are going through the most horrific time of their life. And you're, you're trying to bring levity to that, to yeah. suffering, and profit from it? I mean, it's just... Poor I mean, taste. Not Poor only, taste. I mean, it's, not only is it tacky, but it's offensive, you know? And, and in both cases, and more, because there were other brands that did the same thing, they did apologize. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a value, obviously, in being the first mover, but pump the brakes for a second. Make sure what you're doing aligns with your brand and is not just being a jerk. Right. And here's another one. So AT&T, and I guess it's kind of clever, but again, this is, this is just one of those things you just, I think you stay away from, right? So AT&T put out, an, on the anniversary of September 11th, they put out a photo of, it was the New York skyline, and where there's no longer the Twin Towers, they had someone holding up a, a camera as if they were framing a photo, and it had the photo of the Twin Towers on the phone. So it looked like the skyline prior to the towers falling. And it was never forget, was basically what it was. And, and is that creatively a clever thing to do? I, I guess it is, but is it the thing you should really put out there, considering... 3,000 plus people died and how many lives were impacted from that day? Yeah, that's that, that gray area where I'm sure they had the best of in, 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 uh, intent Intentions. to you know, do it respectfully. But that's where when you say pump the brakes a little bit, step back. Mm-hmm. It's okay not to take advantage of that opportunity. Not that you would call that an opportunity. Just let that one pass right. and mm-hmm. then take advantage of the next you know, news item. Because they weren't adding any value. They weren't helping anybody, right? They were just trying to say, um, m- let's make this tragedy about us instead yeah. of what it's really about. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you know, Seattle Seahawks did the same thing in 2015 where on Martin Luther King Day, they newsjacked the MLK Day and talked about them losing, that <laughs> they, need, they, they can overcome. It's like, no, that's not how this works. Years and years of oppression of a race to To overcoming a a game. game. So think is probably our advice there for any brand. Yeah. And some people just don't learn, right? So Kenneth Cole is one of those brands that that just, they've made it, they've done it more than once. And, And you would think once you've done it once and burned your bridge and gotten the, the negative backlash from it, you would, you would have procedures in place. You would have people trained not to do this. But they did it at least twice that I know of. So once was when the, you know, the Cairo uprising was occurring. Uh, they kind of got involved with that. And what, what was the tweet that they put out with that? So they tweeted, millions are in uproar over Cairo. Rumor is they heard our new spring line is available. Okay. That's, no. <laughs> that's, that's wrong on so many levels. <laughs> You know, people are dying 
And you're you're trying to make a joke about it as it happens? Well, I think their next one was even... Somehow they outdid themselves by being even worse because their next one was um, when the U.S. government was trying to decide whether or not we were going to intervene with Syria. They tweeted, boots on the ground or not, let's not forget about sandals, pumps, and loafers. It's like... <laughs> No, it's so yeah. bad. You know, that that's the kind of joke that the offensive guy in the office may make yeah. in the break room, right? And everyone rolls their eyes and says, yeah, that's not funny, dude. And then he leaves and then you all talk about him negatively right. yeah. for an hour. Yeah. Right. You don't put that out on social media if you're a brand. Because nothing good is going to come from that. No one's going to read that and say, guys, I really like how you're making fun of someone else's misery. Let me come buy your loafers and yeah. sandals. Now, what, were, what were they thinking? That's very different than an REO making fun of a blackout. Yeah. Now, there is a good example of where something, I guess you could call it bad, happened. And a brand took advantage of it. Arena Flowers. So, back when the whole Ashley Madison issue came up, that website for, for cheaters, they came out and said, uh, basically their tweet was, a special offer for those who have some explaining to do today. <laughs> and it was a coupon. If you use the code Ashley Madison, you get 10% off all apology flowers. See, that's pretty funny to the vast majority of people, right? right? Because most of us don't have sympathy. If someone's committing adultery on mm-hmm. using Ashley Madison, then the vast majority of people that are not are not going to have sympathy for that person. So, yeah. yes, it, it is not a victimless joke, but really, those victims brought it upon themselves. They were, yeah. You know? Although I would be interested to see Arena Flowers, what the conversion rate for, how many people actually use oh, yeah. that code. So did your wife like the flowers you bought? <laughs> <laughs> I paid full price. <laughs> okay. Didn't want that showing up on the yeah. receipt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good. I mean, yeah, it, it was probably borderline for some people, but I think they kind of just skirted around it and they got a lot of good press mm-hmm. for it. All right. So, so one of the other things you can do that's not really newsjacking is... Uh, aligning yourself with with a subject that's going on in in actually making a difference right and i got a national example of this and then a local example of this right so marriott is a good national example of this and their ceo has been on record and and they in general have been big supporters of the lgbt rights in general especially the north carolina bathroom laws and you know they make this the case which i 100 percent agree with that that they're in the hospitality industry. They should be welcoming everybody of any belief, any persuasion, any ethnicity, just everyone, no matter how different they are, whether they agree with anything that you believe in, it doesn't matter. You're in the hospitality industry. You should welcome everyone. So so this LGBT thing is germane to what they represent, right? It's in line with their brand. Not, not to mention the fact that they employ a lot of people to which that is a topic that matters a great deal to them. And the guests, a lot of people that matters to them. You know? And they have a lot of properties in North Carolina. And North Carolina tourism is taking a big hit because people in politics are not necessarily listening to the will of the vast majority of people in creating these laws, right? So that's something that typically, like we said earlier, politics is something you want to stay away from unless you want to make a statement. And if you're in a position to make a statement and make a difference, then then sometimes I feel like that's your duty to do that. 
you know, and, and I applaud Marriott for doing that and being brave enough to do that because there's a lot of brands would have stayed way away from this. Absolutely. And I think this isn't necessarily news jacking as much as, like you said, you know, taking a stand on an issue. They're not making light of this. They're just taking a stand. And if that's, you know, part of your brand, part of your core values, and if something like this is important to you, then absolutely take a stand. Say, you know, we're not okay with this or this is what we believe in. And I think they've done a really good job of it. And I think it is, you know, us all, you know, morals aside, I think it's working well for them because more people than not are in favor of, you know, saying, hey, this is a great brand to stay with. You know, we would be happy to, you know, visit your hotels anytime. And it just puts them in a very positive place. Well, they're being genuine. And I think that's what matters from a social perspective more than anything, social perspective in real life and then you know, online, is you have to be true to who you are, true to your brand, and you know, give your fans and followers and acquaintances what they'd expect from you. Yeah. So that's what they expected and that's what they actually delivered, which is yeah. great. It's authentic and, and uh, you know, hats off to them. I think mean, it's really good. It's very admirable. There's a lot of people wouldn't have... The, the bravery to do that. Um, so here's another one that's not as controversial, but I think it is as meaningful in a lot of ways. And that is uh, in, in our local market in Model Beach, this property called Hotel Blue. And every year they, uh, they align themselves with a bunch of different charities, but one of those is Breast Cancer Awareness. So they typically have lights shining up on their property. And for the, the month of Breast Cancer Awareness, they change the color of the lights to pink. So Hotel Blue becomes pink for the month. And they do a lot of on-property uh, events to try to raise money for that charity. So they, you know, they'll take donations. They'll give. They'll match proceeds. So, so not only are they standing up for a cause that they're passionate about, but they're also making a difference because they're actually generating revenue. They they organize events like they do a beach walk on November fifth. I think this year is when it's going to be. So that's someone that that generates a lot of press as a result of doing something right. You know, the, the, the goal isn't to generate press. The goal is to make a difference and help people. But the result of that is getting more exposure and more bookings. Well, I which, think what you just hit on is the most important thing. You have to do, if, if you're going to go into that type of, you know, not newsjacking, but whatever it is, you got to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. If you're doing it because you think it's going to get you news, they're going to see right through that, and it's not going to work out well for you. Yeah. So that's newsjacking, guys. You guys have anything else to add? Got to catch them all. <laughs> that's right. So, hey, if you're going to newsjack, make sure you take the time to make sure you do it right. You do want to be quick. If you're looking to jump on the Pokemon bandwagon, you got to read our podcast to start with. A blog, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to read our podcast. <laughs> It'd be hard to read uh, our podcast. But here's the most important thing. You have to download the game to see what it's about. Because we talked about being genuine to who you are. If you don't even have it on your phone, you're going to make a lot of missteps talking to the people who are playing that game. Yeah, so know what you're talking about. Be timely and be effective. Take the time to really make sure that your execution is spot on. Yeah, and make sure you have something relevant to say. You know, don't just just try to force yourself into every conversation that exists. Be selective. If you have something to say, then say it. If you're really forcing it to make it about you, then you're going to end up looking foolish or embarrassed or get some negative press. So you do not want to be interrupting Cal. I'm not, I'm not going to buy it. You're not. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> I'll let you say moo and then we can do that at the end of the podcast. Knock, knock. <laughs> it's there. 
Interrupting Cal. Interrupting Move. Cal. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, where can they find you guys on Twitter? I, I've given up. <laughs> well, I'm Pete DeMeo, and you can find me on Twitter at P DeMeo, D-I-M-A-I-O. You can also find him at especially Pete. No, because then I gotta register that. It's gonna be a pain. You can actually, if you Google "people united against Peter Mayo," you will find people united. We to need stop to put Pete. that oh, link Pete, in the people podcast. People united notes. to stop Peter Mayo actually exists as a as a local business. Is that right? And yes, it is. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, and right. I had to buy that domain, and I've had to pay ten dollars a year for years. <laughs> Hats off to Brian Carter for starting that. It's his birthday today. The day we're recording. Happy this. birthday, Happy Brian. Birthday, Brian. Um, okay, so Misha, where can they find you? You can find me at Marketing Misha. That is at Marketing M E I S H A. And at any pokey stop in the Myrtle Beach area. I'm that... expanding my reach slowly but surely. I gotta get out of my neighborhood because they only have zoo bats there and it's pissing me off. Gotcha. And uh, you can find me, Stuart Butler, at Stuart Butler on Twitter, S T U A R T B U T L E R. We're actually going to be at the GBTA conference in uh, Denver next week. So if you're there um, next week, if you listen to this after next week, then don't come to Denver because I won't be there. But if you're there next week, then um, I will be. So come see us. Fuel has a booth there. Get come your say, Stuart Butler autographs while they're hot. Yep. They're worth absolutely zero internet, fake internet points. So, And then you can find us collectively on Twitter at Fuel Travel. You can find us online at fueltravel.com. Uh, if you go to fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 14, you'll get all the notes from this episode, including all the tips we've given the do's and don'ts of newsjacking and the examples of good and bad and you can see our pokemon article as well which gives you ideas of how to newsjack pokemon so you have been listening to the fuel hotel marketing podcast fames fames fames